Greetings, friends and beloved brethren in the Lord. This is Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I greet you with the love of the Lord and exceedingly great joy. Last week, I had us in Isaiah chapter 55, talking about revival, awakening, and seeking the Lord while he might be found. And I will conclude that message today as we dig a little deeper into Isaiah 55. Now, I'm going to be reading out of the Amplified Version. And last week, I read to you out of the New King James Version. Now, one thing I do want to point out is that in the Old King James and the New King James, the very first word in chapter 55, verse 1, is the word ho, H-O, ho. Now, to me, that has a lot of, uh, what's the word? It has a lot of strength. Ho, it gets my attention. And it actually means pay attention. But in the Amplified Version, it says, wait and listen. But if we put that word ho back in there and we say ho, Everyone who is thirsty, come to the waters. He who has no money, come, buy, and eat. Yes, come, buy priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price, simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. This verse 1 is so rich. And really, it's the voice of the Lord in reference to Jesus. And we'll see that in just a minute when we look at a couple uh, verses. But think of Jesus just saying, come to the waters. Come to the waters. Come by and eat. Everyone who is thirsty. See, there's no limitation who can come and drink of this living water. There's no limitation. There's not an age limitation, gender, race, uh, religion, education, wealthy, poor, everyone. Everyone who is thirsty, come. The Lord is bidding them, come to the waters. Well, what's so special about these waters? Number one, you can come and you can buy of this living water and there's no price tag on it. It's free. Yes, buy this priceless, see, priceless. You you can't even put, first of all, there's no price tag on it, but you couldn't even put a price tag on it because it's priceless. And the wine and the milk, are a metaphor for joy and nourishment. So you get this incredible joy and nourishment without money and without a cost. And you can't buy that type of spiritual nourishment in any way, shape, or form. People who do not know the Lord, and I, you know, It's amazing to me when I speak to people who 
aren't born again, not a Christian. I'm so concerned because they are so spiritually uh, malnourished to the point of death. So spiritually malnourished to the point of death, they have no clue anything about the Lord, about church, about his word. It's almost as if I'm an alien in a foreign land. And yet I understand that I have a purpose here to manifest the love and the nature of God for those who don't know him. And so I I love this verse one because it's like, hey, hey, everybody, you know, like if I had a megaphone and I stood up on a platform and I just shouted, hey, ho, anybody, anybody out there that will listen, if you have an ear to listen, if you're thirsty, come on over here. You can buy this priceless wine and milk. It's free. Come and get it. You know, we live in a society today where everybody wants everything free. And yet they don't understand that they can come to this Jesus They can come to Jesus and it will require just a hunger and a thirst. Who's thirsty? Who's thirsty out there? Come on, come and get this. Turn with me to Revelation 21. We're at the very end of the book. The last two chapters of the Bible, Revelation 21, verse 6 and 7. Of course, this is John writing what the Lord has spoken to him. And John writes in verse 6, and he, referring to the Lord, and he further said to me, John, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I myself will give water without price from the fountain springs of the water of life. And notice in the Bible that the word life, at least in this version, is capitalized because it's talking about Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. But see, even here in Revelation, he says to the thirsty, I will give water without a price from the fountain springs of the water of life. Verse 7, he who is victorious shall inherit all these things and I will be God to him and he shall be my son. Turn over to the next and last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22, reading verse 17. The Holy Spirit and the bride, the church, the true Christians say, come. And let him who is listening say, come. And let everyone who is thirsty, who is painfully conscious conscious of his need, 
of those things by which the soul is refreshed, supported, and strengthened. And whoever earnestly desires to do it, let him come, take, appropriate, and drink the water of life without cost. So the Bible gives us a definition of the word thirsty. A person who is spiritually thirsty is one who is painfully conscious conscious of his need of those things by which the soul is refreshed, supported, and strengthened. There is only one way to get your soul refreshed, supported, and strengthened, and that's through the living water coming and taking and appropriating and drinking the water of life without cost. And so it's those who are painfully conscious of their need. They know that they are missing something desperate in their lives. And they're willing to go and get it. They're willing to come to the waters. And it's that living water. You see, because they're so malnourished. Now, Jesus said in John 4, he's talking to the woman at the well. And um, she's a Samaritan. He's a Jew. And he tells her, give me a drink. And the Samaritan woman says to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask me a Samaritan and a woman for a drink? For the Jews have nothing to do with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, he said, if you had only known and had recognized God's gift and who this is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. She said to him, sir, you you have nothing to draw with, no, no drawing bucket and the well is deep. How can you provide living water? Where do you get living water? Are you greater than and superior to our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well and who used to drink from it himself and his sons and his cattle also? Jesus answered her this. All who drink of this water will be thirsty again. In other words, you go ahead, you can drink of this well. You can, you can drink of Jacob's well. If, you, if that's the only drink you drink of, you're going to be thirsty again because he's talking about the natural. And then he goes on to talk about the spiritual. And he says, but whoever takes a drink of the water that I will give him shall never, no, never be thirsty anymore. But the water that I will give him shall become a spring of water welling up, flowing, bubbling continually within him unto, into for eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, Give me this water so that I may never get thirsty nor have to come continually all the way here to draw. And then the conversation goes on. And, you know, she comes to the realization that she wants this living water. She goes back to her town. Revival breaks out. She gets all the people to come. So when we are spiritually thirsty, we will we will go to whatever lengths it takes to get a spiritual drink of this spiritual water. 
And then once we have the water, the living water in us, Jesus is the living water. When we have him in in us, we become a spring of water welling up, flowing and bubbling so that we can give others a drink. That's the whole point. We drink of this well of Jesus, this eternal life, this water that'll never run dry, this well that will never run dry, so that we can then provide that water and offer that same spiritual water to people who are thirsty. Verse 2, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your earnings for that which does not satisfy? Hearken diligently to me, says the Lord, and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness, the profuseness of spiritual joy. See, Isaiah's having this, you know, the Lord speaking through him, but he's, he's having this conversation like, hey, hey, you guys, like you folks that don't know Jesus, why are you spending your money for that which is not bread and your earnings for that which does not satisfy? In other words, you Go buy all the cars you want. You go buy all the clothes you want. You go buy the nicest house you want. You keep, you just keep going after whatever it is. You keep spending money on, you know, uh, athletic events and um, whatever that is. Why do you keep doing that when it doesn't satisfy you? See, those things can never satisfy your soul. It's a temporary, it's a temporary satisfaction. And it can never, it can never fulfill and nourish you spiritually. But Isaiah says, hearken diligently to me, to the Lord, and eat what is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. The profuseness of spiritual joy. Turn with me to Jeremiah 31. Jeremiah was a prophet, and the Lord is speaking through Jeremiah here, verses 12, 13, and 14. He says, They shall come and sing aloud on the height of Zion, and shall float together and be radiant with joy over the goodness of the Lord. For the corn, for the juice of the grape, for the oil, and for the young of the flock and the herd. And their life shall be like a watered garden. And they shall not sorrow or languish any more at all. Then will the maidens rejoice in the dance, and the young men and old together. For I will turn their mourning into joy, and will comfort them, and make them rejoice after their sorrow. I will satisfy fully the life of the priests with abundance of offerings shared with them, and my people will be satisfied with my goodness." The Lord is saying, when you, when you take and eat of the spiritual things of the Lord and you drink of that living water, see, your life is going to be like a watered garden. And it's going to be full of this joy and this goodness. And you're the, you will be so satisfied. You will never need anything of this world that this world has to offer. Now, obviously, you know, we need, you know, we need food we need to drink things you know i'm i'm talking about spiritually 
because Jeremiah is saying, the Lord is saying through Jeremiah, my people will be satisfied with my goodness. See, the Lord will pour out because you'll have so much joy over the goodness of the Lord because you will be full. You will have abundance, corn, juice of the grape, oil, young flock, young herd. Your life's going to be like a watered garden. What more could you need than the Lord? He is the fatness. He is the profuseness of spiritual joy. Why do you think he's saying, hearken diligently to me and eat what is good? Turn to the Gospel of John, verse 6, and look at verse 27. And it reads, stop toiling and doing and producing for the food that perishes. Let me just read that again. Stop toiling and doing and producing for the food that perishes and decomposes in the using, but strive and work and produce rather for the lasting food, which endures continually unto eternal life. The Son of Man will give, furnish you that, for God the Father has authorized and certified him and put his seal of endorsement upon him. It's like having the good housekeeping, uh, you know, the good housekeeping seal. Except God the Father has put this seal on Jesus. He's authorized and certified Jesus and said, look, I've endorsed him. And when you drink of this living water, you don't have to keep striving for the things that perish. But if you strive and you produce for food that endures, food that endures is spiritual food. It will endure continually unto eternal, unto eternal life. Okay, Matthew chapter 5. Let's see what Matthew's gospel tells us. And of course, if you know anything about Matthew 5, you know that you're going to be in the Beatitudes 5 verse 6. Okay, blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous in that state in which the born-again child of God enjoys his favor and salvation are those who hunger and, what's that word? Thirst for righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with God. Why? For they shall be completely satisfied. (laughs) So when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's what it says in the New King James. They shall be filled. But I like this as well, because blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous are those who are born again children of God because they enjoy his favor and salvation, and they are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because they will be completely satisfied. If you are 
spiritually malnourished, close to death, it would behoove you to get really thirsty for God. It would behoove you to get really hungry and thirsty for righteousness. Because there is not only life and peace, but there is spiritual joy. There is fatness in your soul. There is complete satisfaction. Nothing in this world can give you that kind of satisfaction except knowing Jesus Christ as Savior, drinking that water, that eternal life-giving water. And when you drink of that water, you will never thirst again, Jesus told the woman at the well. You will never thirst again. Verse 3, incline your ear, submit, and consent to the divine will, and come to me, the Lord says, hear, and your soul will revive, and I will make an everlasting covenant or, or a league with you, even the sure mercies, kindness, goodwill, and compassion promised to David. Okay, here's another reason why we want to drink of the living water. Because if we incline our ear to hear him, and, and we, we consent to this, we say, okay, I, I want this living water. I'm going to drink of this living water. And you do drink of it. Your soul revives. And then God makes an everlasting covenant with you. It's such a sure covenant that it's even the sure mercies of David. Let's look at 2 Samuel and see what the Lord is going to say to this King David. 2 Samuel chapter 7, and we're going to look at verses 8 through 16. If I can get turned there here in a second. Okay. Now, Nathan is the prophet, and he's David's prophet. He's the man of God that comes and speaks to David on behalf of the Lord. And this is what he says, verse, start, uh, chapter 7, 2 Samuel, verse 8. So now say to this, my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture from following the sheep to be prince over my people Israel. In other words, I took you out of the sheep uh, herding business and I put you as the prince over, you know, you're going to be king over the people. And I was with you wherever you went and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make you a great name like that of the great men of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel and will plant them, and that they may dwell in a place of their own, and be moved no more. And wicked men shall afflict them no more as formerly. And as from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will cause you to rest from all your enemies. Also the Lord declares to you that he will make for you a house. And when your days are fulfilled and you sleep with your fathers, I will set up after you your offspring who shall be born to you, and I will establish his kingdom. And the Lord 
goes on to say about David, he shall build a house for my name and my presence, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So we know that David's kingdom is forever. Jesus sits on the throne of David. The scriptures tell us that. I will be his father and he shall be my son. When he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the sons of men. Verse 15, watch here. But my mercy and loving kindness shall not depart from him as I took them from Saul, whom I took away from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. The Lord is saying through the prophet Nathan that, look, your kingdom will never end because he's talking about the Lord. The Lord sits on the throne of David and that throne is forever and ever and ever. But the Lord said, I will not remove from you my mercies and my loving kindness. And what does he say here? Isaiah 55, 3. He said, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies promised to David. Wow. That's juicy. That's exciting. I'm standing on that. I'm receiving that with my whole heart. Jump to verse 6. Seek, inquire for, and require the Lord while he may be found, claiming him by necessity and by right. Call upon him while he is near. And this is how I want to close tonight because that was the scripture that the Lord really provoked me with last week as I was sharing about the revival down in the coal fields of West Virginia. And as you know, I broadcast from the northern panhandle of West Virginia in the city of Wheeling. And this revival is ongoing, still going strong and hot, and it is moving. I talked to the pastor who was um, in the midst of this revival at that point two weeks ago. 3,000 souls were saved. Sovereign move of God sovereignly came in the schools These children got so radically saved and filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. No man could take credit. No individual can take credit. It's a sovereign move of God. God is awakening people. And I'm saying to you, if you don't know the Lord, if you are lukewarm in any way, maybe you're sitting on the fence, as we say, in the Christianese world. You have one foot in the world and you've got one foot in church. Maybe you're not even part of a fellowship. Maybe you're not part of a church. You're just kind of hanging out there like, you know, blowing in the wind. I'm encouraging you today. I am encouraging you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. You don't know your days. You don't know when you might take your very last breath. God is on the move in America and all over the world. But God is really awakening people in this nation to come 
and drink of the living waters. And I say to you, if you don't know Jesus Christ as Savior, come, you who are thirsty, come to the waters, come. It isn't going to cost you a penny. There's not a price tag to come and drink of this salvation and of this eternal, everlasting life. I say, come. Everyone who is thirsty, come and buy this priceless, priceless living water that you may never thirst again. Well, this is Don Noble. I hope that you have received this message tonight with great joy. And I earnestly pray that this will go down deep and that if you don't know Jesus Christ, you will call on his name. It says in the Bible, if you call on him, you shall be saved. Blessings and shalom, shalom to you, my friends.